0: You are listening to a podcast from Victory Alabang. We can play a part in helping alleviate the needs of the poor. Discover our role in being a blessing to others in week two of "Who Cares." In this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. Today we're finishing our series. It's actually a short series on compassion entitled "Who Cares." I say "Who Cares." cares? cares? Sampi mo sa mo "Who Cares." And then answer back, we care. Okay, and uh, we're, uh, you know, we're going to be closing our series, you know, last week. Uh, I believe Pastor Bernard uh, Veveje. How many of you enjoyed Pastor Bernard? You know, every time he comes here, he breathes uh, just freshness. And he thought about, grab. Uh, he thought about, uh, you know, Jesus ministering compassion in that ultimately, we have a compassionate God. And when you talk about compassion... It really comes from the Lord Himself. You know, how many of you are grateful that God has had compassion on you? He forgave us and He's had pity on us and He gave us mercy, He gave us forgiveness and He's a compassionate God. We're going to look at that uh, about, about that later on. And, you know, when you talk about, you know, victory as a church, somehow the, you know, the biases or the, you know, the way people look at us as a church is they think, and i heard this say that uh, I, I heard this being reported even in the newspapers that victory uh, in the philippines or particularly the one in metro manila is the church for the rich and for the stars you know we can't blame them right i mean look at the person beside you look at the person beside you diba i mean sana I yan mean, lang I yan mean, diba yung mean, iba mean, sa inyo Contrabida. Some of you are stuntmen, you know, who fell into the building, you know. All of us are like actors and actresses in our own rights. But, you know, one of the things, you know, of course we want to debunk that myth because, you know, really in reality, yes, we are a blessed church because we're known in the body of Christ as a generous church, but we're far from being just reaching out to the rich because we also have a heart for the poor. And uh, we're going to be explaining later on what we have in our ministry, and that is called the Real Life uh, Foundation. And I believe most of you have heard of Real Life Foundation, and it is one of our ministry that is really uh, geared towards social responsibility and helping the underprivileged children get a proper education. How many of you are glad that you actually were, uh, you were actually privileged to get an education? Uh, you know, whether high school or college. And please raise your hand. How many of you are glad that you were given a privilege? Okay. Uh, for an education, okay? Yung iba sa inyo, uh, 10 years na, okay? Talagang mahal na mahal yung college, di ba? Grumadit naman kayo, di ba? Uh, but, you know, we... You know, in fact, we're so familiar with the vision statement of victory. And we always say this uh, every every week. We say that, you know, in our church, we honor God and we make disciples. It's a two-pronged vision. It's a, our mission and vision. But if you will expand the mission, and the vision of our church. Really, it's to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. Is that a handful? It's marami, no? but I, you know, I'm not here to break down the vision statement, but somehow, you will notice that part of that statement is the social responsibility part. Because we want to... You know, we want to make sure that, you know, we will make, you know, a difference in our society today. You know, somebody once said that many Christians are so heavenly minded, but they're no earthly good. They always think about, Lord, kuning mo na ako, rapture na tayo, lipat. ba? You know, they're, they're looking forward to just going to heaven. But what are we doing here on earth while you're still alive? How many of you want to go to heaven? Yes, right? But not night right, right now, okay? May gagawin pa sa si Lord. You know, God's gonna finish His work in us. ba? Tatapusin ka pa ni Lord, right? And so, I believe that God, want, uh, God wants to finish His mighty work in us. And God wants to use us while we are still here on earth. Now, just to have a quick review on our text last week, we read Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. And, you know, this is Jesus that says, when he saw the crowds, he had what? Compassion on them. Now, what do you feel when you see the crowd? You know, I walked in our church this afternoon before 5, and I saw a big crowd outside. How many of you were lining up outside uh, before the start of the service? Despite the heat, despite the, you know, the, you know, the crowd going out of the, service, the previous service and the crowd coming in, you know, somehow we, we, we are facing crowds every single day. Okay, maybe some of you love the crowd. Maybe some of us don't really like the crowd. Okay, but Jesus, when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because he realized that they were harassed and they were helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Of course, I'm pretty sure that, you know, if you want, if you uh, happen to hear like, uh, you know, a midnight sale, you know, 70 off, total sale or total blackout sale. How you wish that you're the only one in the mall, right? Sana, Lord, walang crowd, ako lang, di ba? So, look yung sale, di ba? But, you know, chances are, there's gonna be a big crowd. And every time there's a crowd, how do we view the crowd? You know, my prayer today is that we will have the same eyes like Jesus. That when we see the crowd, we will not just look at them as, you know, another human being that breathes our air, or another one, you know, or, you know uh, it's, it's really about looking deeper at the need of every person. And that was last week. Today we're going to be looking at what is our role as a church. Who cares, okay? What is our role as a church? You know, I believe that each and every one of us are called to also have compassion. Everybody say compassion. You know, when you talk about compassion, compassion really comes from... The Greek word, which means to suffer with. Okay? You know, when you talk about compassion, it's more than sympathy. Many people have sympathy. You know, when you look at the, you know, a person who are in, who's in need, you know, we take pity on that person. We have sympathy. When somebody dies, for example, a friend's relative dies, we send flowers, and the flower is what? It's an act or a sign of sympathy what we're saying is i feel your pain i'm standing with you but really when you talk about compassion it's more than sympathy it's suffering with i want to be able to go inside your world and suffer with you exactly that's exactly what jesus christ did with us when he saw us we were sinners you know what he did he didn't just take pity on the sidelines of heaven and had sympathy on, on the people on the earth. And he said, Kawawa naman sila; They're all going to hell. No, what he did was, he had compassion with us. And with the compassion, he said, I'm going to suffer with them. So what he did was, he took the form of humanity, became a man just like you and me. Good looking man just like you and me. Look at the person beside you. Yeah, nila. Then he died on the cross. Third day he rose again on the dead. He suffered. He had compassion. You know, to suffer with is the real meaning of compassion. Now, if you would look at the Greek meaning of compassion, because compassion ought to stir people into action. Excuse me for this particular illustration. But this is exactly what the Bible says when you look at Compassion. It is yearning of the bowels. Have you ever had an LBM? How many of you have had that experience of having an LBM? Come on now, be honest. Itaasang <laughs> kamay? Yes, right? I mean, I'm not the only one who had that. And if you know the feeling of having an LBM, it's not pleasant. Pinagpapawisan ka kanang malamig. If you're driving in the middle of a traffic, gusto mong sila. If you're walking in the mall and every toilet is closed, you want to go, even if you're a man, you would go inside the ladies' room. woo Why is that? Because something inside of you wants to go out. Literally, that's what the Bible says. And when you talk about compassion, compassion means that more than a feeling, something out of us would like to go out. That's why when you talk about Christ's compassion, Christ's compassion is a complete kind of compassion because His compassion leads us into action. And so, you know, if you're going to say, you know, I have compassion on those people, yeah, make sure that you can back up that saying with an action word. When Jesus said, I have compassion on them, he backed it up by healing them, preaching, the sick, uh, preaching to the sick, you know, feeding them, and, and you know, all the others that he did. I'd like to invite everyone to stand with me. We're going to be reading from the uh, book of Matthew, chapter 25. This is actually a picture of the future. Wherein, you know, Jesus was telling His disciples, you know, what will happen in the last days. And in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 to 40, it says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His throne in heavenly glory. All the nations. Everybody say, all the nations. All the nations. Parang every nation yan, di ba? All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right. Look at the person on your right. Yeah, look at the person on your right. Mukha mukabang sheep? And the goats on his left. Look at the person on your left. Don't worry, the person on your left really is the person on his friend's right, right? Uh, Anyway, I got confused there, okay? Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and this is a very familiar text, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you brought me to SM, and and you clothed me, and I was sick, and you looked after me, and I was in prison, in Monte, and you came to visit me, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison? And go to visit you. And this is what the king said. He replied, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you so much that you will find in this church a people of compassion. A people who will not just look at the situation out there. But I thank you that you will enable us to do something, to help out in our own little way. Yes, there's so much need out there. You're not asking us to meet every need that is present. But Lord, I thank you that as a believer, we have a role to play on this earth. We thank you, Lord God, that as we do this, the Bible says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. As we meet other people's needs, you'll also take care of our own needs. Bless the preaching of your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we will be seated. You know, when you talk about poverty, I think poverty is a very familiar picture for all of us. And, you know, You don't have to go far before you see somebody begging in the streets. Maybe you're driving a car and you would notice that there's a little boy or a little girl selling some pagita or maybe knocking at the window of your car or maybe a teenager that has a wet rag And will wipe your windshield with soap and leave it there until you give him some money. How many of you, you know, experience that? There's this guy who takes, you know, one bucket filled with soap, you know, and puts foam on my windshield and then just, you know, wipes the windshield and waits. And everything is just blurred. And I'm in the middle of a traffic. <laughs> of course, you know, I'm a wise guy, so I just opened the wiper. <laughs> but then this guy was still there. So what do you do in those situations? You know, sometimes we think, you know, it's just so hard to give because, you know, maybe they're a member of the syndicate. How many of you have heard of that? Syndicate, Or maybe it's an organized, you know, uh, you know, organized syndicate. (laughs) It's a a syndicate that actually, you know, lets, uh, you know, little children be abused by this, you know, by this, even their parents. And they use little ones to just go out, they're out in the streets and knock at your window and what do you do? You know, I believe that because of the pictures that we see every single day, we become desensitized and I believe Pastor Bernard Use that word, desensitized. Desensitized means incapable of feeling the right feeling already. You know, maybe some of you, how many of you are movie watchers? You know, you're fond of watching movies. Maybe you've watched the movie, I don't know, uh, Captain America, or uh, maybe 300. You know, some of these movies are really very violent, right? I mean, for example, you know, the 300... You know, they take a sword and then they They show it to you in slow-mo and then they show you the head and the blood in slow-mo. Some people are bothered by that, but some are not anymore. Why? Because they're desensitized to violence. I guess after seeing 10,000 violent films when you were a child, or when playing violent video games, you become desensitized. Same is true with poverty, because of you know our society being inundated by poor people, we are just so familiar with this picture. Ah, okay. Sana ina ako dyan, eh. You know, I think I shared this to you once that I actually was born in Tondo. And I was raised for my first seven years of my life in Tondo. I think it's about three or four blocks away from Smoky Mountain. In fact, I was asking my dad, Dad, where'd you get my name? Ariel. Sabi niya ganun, uh, you, know, I actually, yeah, you, you were born in a small clinic in Tondo named Clinica Aureliano, <laughs> And we just took the first two syllables of that hotel, I mean, of that hospital, and there you are. That's your name. I said, really? But, you know, I'm just so glad because we're not really very, very poor because my dad had work, but he really worked double time to be able to take us out of that environment and move us to Paranyake when I was about eight years old. I remember moving into our house in Tahanan Village when I was eight. There's not much house, not many houses in that subdivision. It's still, the the grass were still tall. And SLX was not filled with cars yet. And I remember moving into this house that's not yet done. No cement, no paint, no windows, just bare minimum. And we were happy because for the first time and forever, (laughs) I finally understand. For the first time. And forever, we can roll hand in hand. <laughs> and, you know, somehow growing up, I got an appreciation of how God brought me out of the dark, my Lord. I don't want to be there. <laughs> and I'm now here having the privilege of actually going to a good school. In fact, one of the best school, I believe. It's colored green. (laughs) That's why the theme of... That's why it's green, okay? (laughs) I have a very short message for us this evening. A long introduction to a short message. Why do we need to reach out in compassion? Number one, because you are distinct. Everybody say, I am distinct. I am distinct. You know, you are distinct. There's no other like you. You belong to a different class. You know, when you were called by God, when, you're, when you became a Christian, I believe that God marked you for a very special purpose in order for Him to use you in a very special way. Look at the person beside you. Tignan Tell that person, you are special. Yeah, okay. Tell the person on the other side and say to that person, slang, you are special. Yeah, yeah, special. In fact, God told Moses to address Pharaoh as they were about to leave Egypt. He said, I will make a distinction. Between my people and your people, and I believe that when you go out there in the world, whether it's a call center, whether it's in your office, whether it's in in your school, guess what? You are distinct. You are like no other. You are probably you you are salt and light wherever you are. I don't know your situation in the office. You're probably the only Christian in your office, the only secret agent Christian. Don't tell them I don't want them to find I'm reading my Bible. <laughs> you don't have to be afraid. Just bring it out. Because you're this thing, God wants to use you for a special purpose. You know, I remember when my mom, you know, gave us uh, a special silverware. It's Oneida. You know, it's and it's been we've been using that since I was uh, a young kid. And, you know, I remember my mom would just bring that out during special occasions. It's not to be used every day. Diba? Pag kami party, uy, gold! And when my mom would, you know, get it out and put it on the table, I knew something special is coming along. And guess what? When God will bring you out, you are worth more than gold. I believe that there is something special about the calling of God in your life. That's why He made you distinct. He placed you where you are. And you don't have to be a full-time pastor to be effective. I believe whether you're a banker or a secretary or an accountant or a lawyer or somebody who works in the call center, guess what? You are placed there strategically by God because God wants you to do, to make an impact in that particular place because you are distinct. In fact, in uh, verse 31 of Matthew chapter 25, it says, All the nations will be gathered before Him. And He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat. You know, and in the last day, there's going to be a separation. Not of church and state, but of sheep and goat. One group will say, Bah! And the other group will say, meh. Which group are you going to be in? Ah. (laughs) It really depends on the noise you make and maybe the smell you have. But when you talk about sheep, the sheep needs a shepherd in order for them to survive. That's why God is separating the sheep from the goat. Sheep follow, goats butt. Have you ever seen a goat with horns? What does that goat do? He butts all the time. You know, we we had a pet goat when I was younger. All he did was to chew leaves from our neighbor's plants and butt our dog. You know when God tells a goat something, yes, Lord, I will obey, but Sige na nga, Lord, I will give my tithe, but and so on and so forth. Everything that you hear a sheep or a goat say is excuses. Colossians chapter three, verse twelve, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with what? With compassion. You know, I didn't realize that you can actually wear compassion. You wake up in the morning, you choose your set of clothes, right? I don't know how you do that. Maybe some of you are really religious. Lord, guide me today. What color will I wear? I hope we're matching. Is it red? You clothe yourself with compassion. What else? With kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You know, when you walk in an office, when you walk in a restaurant, I hope that we will be so distinct that even if your food arrives an hour late, mm, that you will be so patient, and the waiter would tell you, "Sir, ma'am, sorry, huh." A problem in kitchen. How many of you will say, I've been here for an hour and I've been waiting. You know, What's a manager? <laughs> I demand good service. I am a paying customer. <laughs> you know, we have all this. Yeah, you can pay. But the Bible says, as God's chosen people. And how many of you are chosen by the Lord? Can you please raise your hand? Chosen. Come on, give the Lord a hand. You have been chosen by God. We have been chosen by God. We have been made pure and holy. And we are to clothe ourselves every single day with compassion, with kindness. This is not natural. You know, you walk around outside in the mall. You drive in the streets of Manila. Just even here in Alabang. You can't see kindness often. In the way we drive, in the way we park, sorry, I don't have any other story, okay? One story is enough about parking. Humility, admitting your fault, patience, Lord, I want patience right now, you know, something that we need to clothe ourselves. Secondly, I believe not only are we unique, but you are also blessed. Amen? Look at the person beside you and tell that person, you are blessed. Yes. You know, God blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. God has provided for us everything we need in life and godliness. But yet, yeah, many of us are still praying for a promotion. And how many of you are praying for a promotion or an increase? Nothing wrong with that. We're blessed right now. We're being blessed all the more and we're getting even more blessed. But our status right now, if you're looking for a Facebook status, just right there, I am blessed. It's generic, but yet it's true. You are blessed. Verse 31, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right, and how many of you are seated on the right? Natai, because you're a sheep. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. I believe that when God saved us and when He you know, forgave us our sins, when He justified us, and when you talk about justification, it's just as if. You're not guilty. It's just as if you've never sinned. It's being given a brand new life and being made holy before Him, no matter what your past is. That is being justified. But more than that, God blessed us, really. Talk about blessing financially, maybe a blessing of a good family, or maybe a blessing of good health. You know, every one of us can actually count our blessings. Some of you can't even count your blessing because there's so much. Let me ask you this. You know, As I was attending one finance seminar I think years back, uh, the speaker actually used a study in trying to determine the status of people around the world. And these are just four questions I want you to participate. Okay? It's answerable by yes or no. Question number one, do you have more than one pair of shoes? All the women say Yes, Pastor. More than one hundred or one thousand. I don't know. You know, you have more than definitely one pair. Okay. Number two, do you own a car or a motorcycle or anything that can bring you from point A to point B? Whether it's a bicycle. Yes. No. Yes. (laughs) You maybe say no taxi, right? Can you afford a taxi? Can you imagine every single day you have a choice of a chauffeur? That's special. Right? Question number three. Do you have a choice of food each day? Yes. yes. Right? Question number four. Do you have more than one pair of underwear? Yes. Don't answer anymore. Okay? I hope you don't do side A and side B, okay? I hope all of us at least have. You know what? If you answered yes to all four questions, you are part of the world's top 10% richest people in the in the planet. According to this study. Isn't that a revelation? And many of us keep on grumbling and complaining. Anubulubuhay ito? Walang makain. But if you open the ref and dami naman Walang makain. Because there's no junk food, walang makain. I have no clothes to wear, open the cabinet. And yet we're so blessed. There are people around the world who don't enjoy what you and I enjoy. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eleven says, You will be made what? Rich in every way so that you can be generous. And that's the purpose of us being blessed. On every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Another scripture, as we move forward, First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 18, it says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in who? In God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And that's what I like about God. You know, when God provides, <clears throat> He's not going to be prohibiting you from buying nice things. He wants you to enjoy it. Right? You know, God wants you to have the best. <clears throat> but I believe that even Timothy was being told by Paul, Godliness with contentment is also great gain. You know, there's also a limit to what we can have. I mean, how many cars can you own? A hundred? You know, maybe one or two. It's okay. Three? If you have a big family, nothing wrong with that. But if you have extra, if you have a lot more, then I believe that we can use the wealth God has provided for us in order for us to be a blessing to others. Verse 18, Command them to do good, to be rich, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. My prayer is that God will find in this church Number one, distinct people. Secondly, blessed people that are extremely generous. We're, gonna, we're not going to take an offering right now. But really, in reality, excuse me, may I drink? <laughs> ah! Refreshing. In verse 31 of Matthew 25, they were asking, how did we help you? And the Lord said, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. You know, we were all thinking that when that day, big day of judgment comes, that we're going to be asked, definitely we're going to be asked by God. And the thing about this story is they were not asked by the king, did you put your faith in the Lord? I'm going to separate the sheep from the goats. Those who believe in the name of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you are sheep, category A. Those who did not believe him, you are goats. But what's the condition? No. It's all about doing things. Now, nalito na kayo. The whole point of this story was after us being saved, what are we doing with our faith? That's why James said, Faith without works is dead. We need to let our faith become alive by being active in practicing compassion. Because I believe when you talk about compassion, compassion should be in action. And the king replied, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for, the, for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. That's exactly what we do as a church and as a ministry. We in real life is helping underprivileged children to find you know, an opportunity for them to be able to alleviate their poverty. And, of course, that's a, a big task. I mean, if you look at the poverty problem of the Philippines, you know, it says that, it is said that you know, about uh, 15% of the world's population only earn about $1 a day, 44 pesos. I mean, how can you live with 44 pesos? And about 40% of the world's population earn about $2 per day. There's really a lot of Poverty that are out there, even beyond the Philippines. You know, the president of World Vision, uh, Richard Stern, said, It's not our fault that people are poor, but it is our biblical responsibility to do something about it. And we cannot just pass it on to the government. Eh, DSWD naman. There are NGOs. Guess what? Even before the DSWD and the NGOs, I believe God designed the church To be a conduit or a channel of blessing to the world. You know, if you look at the problem of young people, children, one in six adults, one in six adults in the world is illiterate, nor read, nor write, pako, grade one lang, or whatever. 115 million children don't attend school. UNICEF said kids don't attend school and they don't have work. And 90% of Filipinos don't have any university degree. 994 of those live below poverty line because they have no university degree. In other words, if there's no education, it's poverty. And in reality, it's just so difficult because 80% of the country's population is below poverty line. And I'm going to cue a video. I'm going to show you. These are testimonies of our scholars from real life. And, um, you know, there's a story of Ram and Rachel. But before we see that video, I remember a story of this young boy who was walking one time in the beach. And lo and behold, he saw thousands of starfishes lying there in the beach. And so he was concerned about the sun coming out and scorching. With scorching, he'd kill all those starfish. And so one by one, he would take a starfish and he would throw it back to the water. He took another one, threw it back, took another one. He was busy throwing back a starfish at the time that a young man saw this young boy and asked him, what are you doing? And this little boy said, well, I'm trying to save the starfish. Don't you see? I'm trying to throw them back into the water so they won't, they won't die. And so this young man said, how can you do that? There's thousands of starfish. What difference will it make? And this little boy said, well, to this one starfish, it'll make a difference. He threw it back into the water. Picked up another starfish. To this one starfish, it'll make a difference. Threw it back into the water. He picked up another starfish. To this one starfish, it'll make a difference. Threw it back into the water. And I believe that when you talk about meeting needs, Jesus did not heal every sick person in Israel during his time. But he went out there and met a need that is personal. One person at a time. And I believe that we can do something about the poverty and about the needs that are happening. You know, right now we have about 250 scholars that are enrolled and about 200 plus have graduated and in fact, about 50 people or 50 uh, uh, alum, uh, 50 will, will be graduating this coming uh, Tuesday. And uh, they're going to be actually gathering here in uh, our church in the morning. And then they'll be uh, sent to a secret restaurant as a celebration somewhere in Tagaytay. And so we're doing our part to be able to help them. And you know, if you are sitting on a uh, bookmark, can you just take this out? This is actually just an information so that you're familiar with what we're trying to do. You know we are. You know we're doing a lot. You know we have a building project. We have Every Nation World Mission. We send out missionaries from this church. We, uh, you know, we also have Life Box. We we value uh, the young people. That's why we're sending out campus missionaries uh, all over. And of course, one of the things that we want to do as well is the social responsibility aspect, which is. Uh, real life, and just go ahead and read this. Actually, if you look at the back portion, it says it takes just fifty thousand to sponsor one scholar for one year, and twenty four thousand for one scholar for high school. Fifty for the college, twenty four for uh, you know for the for high school. And you know maybe some of you can you know maybe twenty four is too much for one, but you can actually pull together if uh, you're interested in helping out a scholar. We've actually also set aside a percentage of our tithes and offerings every week to go straight to our Benevolence Fund so that you can actually help some of those scholars. And so, if you want more information about this, you can actually uh, just log uh, on to uh, igivetolife.com. I'd like to finish by reading this verse. It says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. And, you know, these scholars, some of them started as unbelievers, but they are brought to saving knowledge of Christ. And as you know, you've seen in the story of Raquel and Ram, you know, for the first time, you know, they've actually had a solid income in the family. Some of those uh, scholars actually had... Dads that are working in the garbage dump or some are, are really, you know, maybe some have no jobs. Maybe the mom is just washing uh, clothes. But, you know, once they finish high school or how, once they finish college, they take on the ownership and the responsibility of helping even their own siblings right now. And many of these scholars have actually put even their siblings, their brothers and their sisters, they pay, they're paying it forward and bring them to to, to school so that they can actually help in in, in the family uh, income. And my my main point I want to share as we come to a close is God's compassion towards us results in action toward others. Amen. We hope you were inspired by that message. For more podcasts, download the Victory Alabang app for Apple or Android devices. And for updates, do join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you and stay connected.